for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Welcome to Living Life. You know, we've, we talk a lot about this word repentance and what it means and the significance of it. In this passage, we're going to see uh, this word again, but I want to give us just a little bit of background. Repentance has to do with essentially two factors. One is turning away from sin. Okay, when you repent and you and you line yourself up with God in terms of what he says about you, you then turn away from sin. But the second aspect of repentance is you turn to God. So you turn away from sin and then you turn to God. You set yourself on the path that God is leading you on. And you walk in step with him. So repentance is these two aspects. Why is this important? Because the passage is going to talk about repentance. And it's going to talk about uh, the impact of not repenting. Let's take a look at the passage. Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 30. Then Jesus began to denounce the towns in which most of his miracles had been performed because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon on the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Sodom, it would have remained to this day. But I tell you that it will be more bearable for Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Welcome back to Living Life. You know, this passage really highlights the mercy and the grace of God, and also the the fact that God pursues us uh, so that we might come into a relationship with him. Jesus in this passage uh, really uh, highlights three Jewish cities, uh, Chorazin, 
Bethsaida in Capernaum. Now, why were these cities, why does he highlight these cities? Because these cities or these towns where Jesus did most of his miracles in these places, many miracles in place. The problem was with these cities, these towns, is that the people in those cities rejected him as Messiah. Even though many miracles were done in these places, Jesus was rejected in these communities. When you think about your life, and you really think about what Jesus has done in your life, and you stack up all the miracles in your life, the first miracle being that you have a changed heart, you have been transformed by grace, by Christ. But yet, are there times in your life where you reject him, even though he has come into your life and he has shown you miracles? Maybe a family member who you th was going to die. Maybe they uh, were rescued from the point of death and maybe they, they became, uh, uh, came back to life or maybe they even uh, became well again, even though the expectation was that they would not. Jesus, has Jesus shown you miracles in your life? And even though all of these miracles you have seen, all of these miracles you experienced as an unbeliever, and you've rejected him. And even as believers, are there times where we have rejected Christ, even though we have seen these miracles, even though we have not only experienced them, but we have come to know the miracle worker himself? Why does Jesus illustrate these three cities? Because they rejected him and they did not repent. The miracles were the point of the miracles was to bring us, to draw us to him, that we might see the evidence of who he is and come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But these three cities, those in these cities, did not repent even at all those miracles. By contrast, Jesus cites three Gentile cities who when we look at the scriptures, are given a very, very bad name, Tyre, Sidon, and Sodom. And he says that it will be more bearable for these Gentile cities who have been given a bad name in scripture by what has occurred, and that bad name is well-deserved when we look at the scriptures, but he says it will be more bearable on judgment day for those Gentile cities. Why? Because if they had seen the miracles that were performed in these three Jewish towns, they, these Gentiles, would have repented. And Jesus says because of that, it will be more bearable. But here's the beauty of this passage. In contrast to the condemnation, in contrast to the lack of repentance by these cities, Jesus puts out a call to all those who would come. He says, come to me, those of you who are heavy 
laden, who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, he's saying, with a childlike faith. Come to me. Don't try to work things out on your own, but come to me. And I know that you're burdened. I know that you're heavy laden, trying to do the right thing. I know that you're trying to be good. I know all of that, but come to me who is already good and I will clean you up. I will bring you into that proper relationship of righteousness that you have been trying to achieve on your own through self-righteousness. Come to me and I will give you rest. And not only rest, but I will give you rest for your souls. You see, at the end of the day, it's all about our souls. The enemy wants to damn our souls. He wants us to end up where he is in the place of misery. But Jesus wants to bring life to us. He wants to give rest to our souls of trying to be right through self-righteousness and legalism. Jesus wants to have rest for our souls. And he's telling us, here's how, I, how we can do this. We can be yoked together. We can partner together. And where I walk, you will walk there too because we're yoked together. What I declare, you will declare because we are yoked together. You see, this idea of yoking was about where two animals would be yoked together as they, as they uh, plowed a field and, they would, and as they walked in step, uh, that would be the most effective and optimal way to plow uh, this particular field. And for us, the most optimal way to reach this world, the most optimal way to bring forth harvest in this world, in these fields which are white for harvest, is to be yoked together with Jesus, to partner with him in the gospel, because our souls will be at rest, just as he promised. Are you heavy laden? Are you burdened? Are you looking for rest from this world's troubles, from coronavirus, from loneliness, from anxiety? I have the answer. Jesus will give you rest for your souls. His yoke is easy. His burden is life, is light. Do you need forgiveness today? Do you need mercy? Do you need grace? Jesus makes an offer to all those who are seeking rest from the burdens, from the pain, from the suffering of this world. He will give you rest for your weary 
and burden souls. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you, Father, that he came to rescue us, Father. I pray right now for all those who are seeking rest for their weary and burdened souls in this world, in the light of corona, in the light of loneliness, in the light of anxiety, in the light of pain, in the light of suffering. Father, I pray that when your spirit seeks them out, convicts and convinces that they will accept Jesus' offer and find rest for their souls. I pray all this in the blessed name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Sing your soul, let your father and the pig in prosa. Sing your 